Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. Well, here we are, week five. We're here to talk about, did week four even matter? Today, Jack, Will, and I are talking about the power of veto competition and the power of veto meeting. And we're going to see, are we moving along in this season or are we staying put? So, Jack, Will, just initial impressions. How, how was this episode for both of you? I didn't like it. Okay. All right. Straight to the point, Will. I like it. I... Also was, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I had some fun with some of the storytelling. I thought yes. that America's storytelling was actually really nicely done from the these last two episodes. I thought that arc was really nice to see. We'll see how that ends up happening uh, or playing out tomorrow. Um, Corey had some interesting moments. I won't say that I enjoyed the gameplay of it, but I did find it entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> the biggest relationship that we've seen kind of play out um especially during this week that hasn't really been as present um or visible the past couple weeks is the relationship between Corey and jared uh which is good ish like it's weird it's weird they they act like brothers in my opinion they act like brothers that are fighting with each other but they know they're gonna stick to each other um they quarrel and they bicker like that um so i definitely think that that relationship is something that we haven't really seen and it wasn't really even seen on the feeds either it was pretty on the low but we've really seen it blossom or in enlarge in a way this yeah. week and i think it's really cool so i i feel like the relationship would be a lot more significant if sari was not in the house because no matter what yeah, right no one can be jared's number one ally and we even hear that when Jared talks about Corey being his number four, right? Because of it's what it was Izzy, Sari, and Blue. And I feel like Izzy and Sari only happened because Sari's his mom. I don't really see Jared and Izzy really being best of friends outside of Izzy recognizing him, you know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's I, how I'm with I, you, dude. This is where the Sari and Jared relationship 
is not really doing it for me this season. In a way, I almost wish that we had like a season six type of setup for them where people were in there. Everyone had a, like another person in there playing with them. I almost wish that that was the format for when they were going to do this. I know that Big Brother has had like secret twin twist and secret family member twist. I know that it's been a part of it. So it's not something so significantly new to the genre, but I think at this point, it's sort of becoming the case that everyone pretty much knows that Jared and Sari are going to end up at the end. And if not both of them, at least one of them will probably be there. Most definitely be there. And, you know, who knows? This is a live this is a live show, you know, apparently. And we'll talk about producers, I'm sure, at some point today. But um Let's see if they surprise us. So let's go in and just talk a little bit more about what happened post-nomination. So Red and Cameron were nominated at the beginning of the episode. And we like get a, a confessional from Jag, who basically says he is still willing to work with Suri, despite Suri not being trustworthy to him. So remember last episode, there was that whole Jag, Suri, and Jared situation. And basically, Jag found out through that that Suri was spilling information to Jared. He's okay with that. This is... I, when when we first did the season, I said Jag was my early game pick. And I'm here to publicly state, as of today, September 6th, Jag is no longer my pick, my sleeper pick, my whatever. Because he's playing way too passively. And we, we hear, you know, Cerise later on about how, like, if she was voted out 10-0, she would not trust anyone. It's the fact that Jag, like, knows that Cerise lying to him, knows that she's leaking information, knows that she voted him out. And the fact that he still trusts her and isn't even trying to, like, rally troops or make any waves, he's just sitting back infuriates me as a as a person and as a player as a fan as a whoever as a viewer i'd like to i'd like to argue with you will and say jag um jag is a passive player but i think more um on this front he's just really bad like he's a really trash big brother player like we have seen people who are great at the game legends we've seen people that are good we've seen people that are okay or mediocre We've seen people that are bad, and then we've seen really, really bad, trash levels of bad. I honestly think Jag is going towards the trash level of bad as a player. As a person, I love Jag. I think Jag is awesome. But as a player, he sucks. Yes. He he had a great first night after he was evicted, and we think, okay, he's he's getting back into it. He's going to start maybe finding himself and then immediately fumbles it all away. Um, to the point where, I mean, he's blindly trusting Sari again? Again. And, it, I, and my problem is, too, it's like, I love bad players that are entertaining. Rockstar is the biggest example of this I can think of, of modern Big Brother. She was, she's like one of the worst Big Brother players ever, but she was so entertaining because at least she tried and she wanted to be there and she played. Jag, he's not really, he's just coasting on by. And the sad part is, too, like, I can say this about a lot of players. We have uh, F and Bowie Jane, you know? I feel like Matt, to a certain extent, is just giving up his game for Sari, you know? And it, the fact that it's, we're week five, and there's no movement. There's no shifts. Everyone's still playing Sari's game. It's saddening. 
God. Yeah, it's tough. I, it, it really is. And I feel like, so the thing with Jag that really makes me sad is I do kind of see, I feel like we see two different versions of Jag. So we see Jag in the diary room and he is like very engaging and very much like, um, I love watching that side of him on television, but when he's actually playing the game, kind of like what we've said, it does become very passive and very quiet. And I think what's going on, and this is only as a viewer's perspective, is I'm not sure if he's fully identified his strategy at all. And I think that he has information that he doesn't quite know what to do with. And he, he just like throws, what's the expression? When you throw like net wet noodles at the wall or something like that and and you hope you're trying to, you're trying to cast nets on people it's thank you that's a strategy you're trying to throw out bits of information to try to bring someone in um you're not giving your whole game you're not giving your whole elevator pitch as to why you should stay in the game you're you're it's almost like you're leading on a dog it's literally just outlining a line of treats laid out pretty spread thinly and you're giving them little bits and bits and bits so that instead of it all coming at once overwhelming you and turning you away it's it's almost it's like a book it's like one page of a book is enticing and it's so crucial and you're like oh this is a great piece of this this is awesome and then you want to go to the next page where you got to wait for that information to come so yeah <laughs> But the problem is too though it's like none of it matters that's the part yes. that gets me is because no matter what he's going to trust Sari and Sari obviously won't trust Jag because why would she when she has a mountain of goats willing to ride with her to the very end why trust the guy that was voted out unanimously who had flashes of brilliance flashes of Sari's running the house it's like why trust that Jag like He's going to be either a very early jury boot or or he's going to get voted out next week or the week after, you know, or, or and maybe this week in the spoilers with the veto. But we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jag goes up as the replacement yeah. nominee. So, I mean, let's talk about how this comes to be. Um, we do get a conversation with between Cameron and Jared, where Cameron is essentially like, you know, what will you do if you won the veto? I thought. I actually thought Jared kind of handled this conversation well. He basically said, you know, I want you to win the veto. That's my ideal thing is I want you to win the veto cam um, and pull yourself off. Um, it was like, it was fine. It was like just non-committal, which was okay. Um, mm -hmm. And Cameron is like, I'm, I'm game to uh, help you with whatever blind side, whatever big move that you want to make. Again, because Cameron and Red both think that they are uh, the pawns in this situation. Um, and they're not exchanging notes because Cameron is, uh, uh, excuse me, Red is upset with Cameron because Cameron sort of, uh, threw Red under the bus to Jared. Um, we, we are going to talk about their breakup scene a little bit later. Uh, and so that, that happens. Um, then we get the conversation between Jared and Corey, which let's talk about Corey for a second while we're at this point. So this was actually very funny, in my opinion, to watch, which was Corey giving way too much, way too much information to his fake ride or die 
about his real ride or die, America. And just watching him, just watching this happen, and then seeing what happens later with Jared being like, America better not throw the competition, and Corey being like, where is this coming from? It was kind of funny being like, Corey, this came from you. Yeah. And (laughs) it sucks, because I don't think... It's impossible for Corey to know how much damage he just caused to America because he doesn't know about the relationship with Sari and Jared, right? Because yep. had had Sari not been Jared's mom, even if they were just allies but still weren't, you know, mother and son, it would have done less damage. And for that reason, I can't fully fault Corey, but at the same time, too, he gave up too much information about America. And it's that it's, though, it's that right, and so. I wouldn't say it's like the worst move because I I can kind of see where Corey's coming from, where he wants to lessen the target of him and America as a duo. He wants to strengthen his bonds, but he's doing it in the wrong way. And it leads to my least favorite part of this episode, but we'll talk about that shortly. Um, but yeah, it's again, the Wartenberger family, they're not known for their strategic prowess. They're not known for being good at reality-based TV they're just entertaining at it. Hey, they have great personalities for television. Great personalities. So. Yeah, I'd like to say, I mean, I think the strategy of um, trying to isolate from your uh, number one, that's very clear, very supposed in the house, in the game. If you have a clear number one that's been established, you want to isolate and you want to um, maybe throw them under the bus. However... Um, I think we have to consider point of view. Um, Corey is a 21-year-old college kid who is a speech and debate whiz. I think he's doing like political science or something like that. Um, he is very self-assured. He believes that whatever he's doing is the absolute right way to do it. And as much as that's great for Corey and his self-esteem, I don't think it works for his game when he's throwing his supposed number one under the bus so far that it's really screwing her up and actually making her a genuine target, like a genuine one, not even just like a Jared's like, all right, you know what? If America throws this, I'm done going on the block. And I'm just like, Corey, this is your fault. Because America, while she wouldn't have been ideal or in an ideal position without you throwing her under the bus, you made it worse. Yep. You screwed her up. She could be the boot next week. <laughs> like, she could be gone next week because yep. of Corey. Yeah. Corey was like, I don't understand why this is happening. And as a viewer, you're just like, do you not remember your conversations? Yeah. I swear, every person is dumb or plays horribly. This season is a cluster let me tell you the promise too is like surprised sorry go ahead i'm I'm really surprised that he gave three names three names in that he did not he could have given one it would have been risky still but he could have just given one he could have said america would go after whoever survived this week between cam and red that's it Mm -hmm. i don't get why big brother contestants nowadays they're so afraid of lying and just giving white lies, right? Because, like, go back to Jared and, and Cameron, right? It's like, I felt like Jared could have easily told Cameron, if I win veto, I'll use it on you, you know, if it makes you feel better, you know, I just wanted to vote, you know, whatever. 
and then just throw the veto because no matter like you know like do that or have Corey just say yeah america she's solid with you she's going to vote out either uh put up either cameron or red or whoever right. survives if not them then jag like something like that and then like even if america wins power and puts up izzy and Suri, it's like how's that you know uh, Corey's fault because Corey's not america like you can lie to people it's the game. You don't have to be honest all the time or, like, hide the truth. You can lie. It's the game. So stupid. There we go. I mean, but look how heated we're getting about this. So, obviously, yeah. there's some, there's a little element of fun. And I think that also may have something to do with the fact with how the renomination ceremony, uh, what happened there. Obviously, it's... It, it is funny that the entire house wants Cameron out. And we see like hints of this yeah. throughout this episode. We saw it a lot in the yes. previous episode as well. Um, but yeah, this was a mess. Anything else we want to touch on before we talk about the power of veto player picks? Um, I just want to say that every, or we got a lot of the R's just all saying Cameron cannot win veto. We got it from Sari, I think. We got it from definitely Red, definitely Jared, who said, Cameron, you're my guy, but you're my target, you know? And so I think it's fun little foreshadowing considering what actually happened in the episode. Yeah, it was cute. And also in like the HOH episode, there was that moment where they were doing the HOH competition and Cameron was like, I got to pull this out for my alliance. I got to keep them safe. And then it cut to all of them in their diary rooms being like, Cameron has to go. Cameron yeah. has to go. The next person, Cameron has to go. Um, I thought that I that's funny editing to me, and I enjoyed that aspect of that episode and this episode. So we go and we pick the power of veto players. We have Jared, Cameron, and Red, obviously, the HOH and the nominations. Jared is like, America better not get picked because she's been throwing competitions, and I don't know if I can trust her. So Jared picks Felicia. Red picks america it's not i think some people were speculating that he picked house guest cho choice and chose her but he just actually drew her chip so america is selected and then cameron gets house guest choice and selects matt to play in the veto so this is where things start going a little bit more downhill so jared tells Corey that if america throws the challenge that she is going on the block no ifs ands or buts about it she is the replacement nomination if she throws the challenge Corey gets confronted by this he again this is where it's kind of like why is this happening um he has no idea and he goes to like talk to jared jared and jared like basically Corey says no matter what she does and i forget if this was in the episode or just in the feeds but Corey did say no matter what she does if she wins or loses, you're going to say she tried to throw it. So yeah. America's in a rough spot. And really, really I I will say I don't think it's entirely Corey's fault. I think Corey's a main part of it, but something that was shown on the feeds and something we talked about uh during Sunday's episode, a lot of the house guests just genuinely despise America. There's a lot of rhetoric about how she's like a lot of really trashy behavior a lot of things a lot of filthy things that were said um and that's my my biggest gripe with this episode was that it hid a few things um to make and 
you know, I feel like a casual would be so confused as to why Corey was so defensive right after Cameron, or not Cameron, right after Jared leaves, and Corey just said, what was that to Izzy? It's like, a casual, it might be like, oh, well, you did this to your ally. It's like, obviously, you threw her under the bus, but there were more things that were said that uh, were hidden from the episode, things we talked about Sunday night. And so I think that just right. kind of brought down the value of the episode for me personally. Right. I, I think another point of contention that I think is really, really crucial to understand Jared's mindset. And this is interesting because it concerns somebody that doesn't really matter right now. And that's FBJ. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Jane. Oh. Um, it, it was very clear if Cameron Red or Bowie Jane did not win HOH this week, those three were going to be targeted because Bowie Jane has been wildly just targeted out of nowhere uh, just because of her being herself. Um, and she has started actually talking to Cameron Red, so she's been kind of grouped into that, and now they are a three, or not anymore. Um, so if Cameron Red were on the block initially – Sari, Felicia, Easy, all of them want Bowie Jane on the block as the replacement if one of them calms down, when a camera red comes down. This is a really interesting point. I don't know why Jared does this. I don't know why Jared's so keen on this. He does not want to nominate Bowie Jane at all. It was prevalent on the feats. No matter when or who it was brought up by, he was never going to nominate Bowie Jane. He put his foot down and said, I'm not going to do it, which is interesting, which is really, really interesting because he didn't put himself in a hole, but he kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't really know how to explain that. As I was watching, to be honest, it kind of felt, and again, this is just uh, coming from the episode, I didn't really catch a lot of the feeds this week, but it kind of felt like Jared really wanted to catch a big fish. And in Jared's mind, I don't think Red or Bowie Jane was one of those. And I feel like he didn't doesn't want his HOH to go to waste in that way. So he would rather get someone out who is a threat to his game, who is seen as a big player, who has a strategic, um, I'm, I'm, who has a, a more, in his eyes, a more strategic mind than who's currently up there. So what do you think, Jack? So he puts up Jag. Uh, so he puts up Jag as his response yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, makes sense, right? Um, well, there's a whole. That's not his first pick, but we'll get into that. that yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, I thought it was very, very interesting. Um, I would thought it was very, very interesting that it wasn't really brought up at all in this episode, and didn't seem like Bowie Jane was just kind of again left out of everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a very interesting point, and I think she is literally probably going to skate by forever at this point <laughs> because she is the secret winner of the season she's the predetermined winner i will never watch big brother again if bowie jane wants to season. <laughs> i wouldn't be well what I, do you think of bowie jane winning i think well bowie that's jane, sure <laughs> bowie jane winning would be like the funny ending right like i would be mad if jared won <sighs> i'd be mad if blue won but if i'd be more content with uh, F and Bowie Jane winning. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think part of the reason why Jared really wants to keep Bowie Jane, I think it's less of him wanting to make a big move because really he's going to do whatever Sari wants. It's because I think he might see Bowie Jane as a really, really good endgame goat 
to drag along Ooh. someone who won't win competitions who is social but not overly social not loved not hated by anyone just genuinely liked where if something goes awry and let's just say like Sari goes out in like fourth place he can take Bowie Jane and win win the game right or cut Bowie Jane at final three go to the end with Sari whatever I think that's a very that's a safer pick and maybe he doesn't explain it a lot um, he might have said it like a few times with Sari. I don't know. Maybe he's just playing for jury with Bowie Jane, at least for right now. But I think that could be a very reasonable assumption to make of why Jared is so protective over Bowie Jane because it makes no other sense whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on a very interesting point, and that is it's a very hot topic when a player who wants to be dominant in the game, who wants to be a very controlling type of player, who is their GOAT? And when are they going to start to work with that goat closely um, to make sure that they don't go home and that the goat sits in front of them as a target? And so I think winning a somewhat early HOH, like Jared did winning the fifth um, HOH of the season, I think it's that time to think about that. And I think, in a way, Jared did play it right. I think he needed to think about, okay, who could be my GOAT, um, not actually act on it. Because at final 13, 13, 13 of Big Brother, it's a little early to pick and choose who your GOATs are because maybe they're hiding until final eight to start winning every single competition in the game. However, looking out for them and giving it uh, a part of the backbone, like a structural argument saying, hey, you could have gone up when I was HOH in week five, but I saved you because I want to work with you. You say that at final nine, final eight to the person you want as your goat, you have them and they might be your goat depending on how good you are at the game. So, and don't yeah, forget, especially too, if they have no other options, if they have no other options and Bowie Jane is that kind of person. If Bowie Jane continues to skate along the next yeah. couple of weeks, she could really be picked up by uh a power player and taken very, very far for sure. And don't forget too, like a lot of goats in Big Brother, they they're like the block stars, right? They're someone that's consistently on the block. And so if Bowie Jane falls into this role, which I feel like she would, that makes for an even easier argument for Jerry, right? Because Jerry can say, all these people put you up for nomination. People were gunning for you under my HOH. I didn't put you up. I kept you safe. I argued for your safety and I put up Jag and risked my game. You should do the same for me. And it's a good it's a good play. It's a good argument. future play. Especially with this cast, because this cast is high on integrity and honor and playing passive and, and being friends and I hate it personally. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the power of veto competition now. So again, we have Jared, Cameron, Red, Felicia, America, and Matt playing in the competition. It is the miniature barrel stacking competition. We've seen variations of this um, in a couple of seasons now. I think this might be the third time they've done it, but I'm, I could be just guessing here. Um, nothing really exciting happens during this. It's the typical edit. People get build their tower up pretty tall and then it gets knocked down and that happens like a bunch of times. Corey does say that by the people in the living room watching the competition, everyone can tell that America is giving it her all. But 
Jared can't see America during this competition, so we, you know, she better win. Uh, but Cameron ends up winning. How do you two think that you would do in this? I would Bad. Bad. Okay. <laughs> like, my thing is um, playing these online reality games, I've done some competitions where you have to be very, very steady with your hands, and it's like balancing cups on a ruler or things like that. I suck. Um, whenever I'm doing a competition on a show or anything like that, um, and I have to use my hands, my hands get really, really shaky and I get really, really nervous. So having to like do that while my hands are going like this, I would not be able to do it. I would, I would not even get past the first two rows probably. Yeah. And I'm someone too, where it's like, I feel like I would do really, really well at first and I'd get to like the, you know, like the third highest row and then make one mistake where it all crumbles down. And then I would just die. I would start shaking. I'd freak out and I'd probably just give up internally and throw the competition like America. Well, Oh no, she tried her best. Well, I'm kind of uh, with you on this one. I feel like I'm the person that's going to accidentally just breathe and have it get knocked down like that <laughs> yep. i always knew my strategy going into this is one not be hopefully not be in a position where my game depended on me winning this for some reason um but two uh if i needed to breathe during it turning my head away from the opening uh to not knock it down so it's a fun competition i don't mind it i i do like like the more physical ones but people really struggle with this um like cameron wins uh, power of veto uh, and nobody in the living room celebrates. It is funny. That was a funny edit. Yeah. I mean, when nobody claps, like you clap after someone wins a competition, you cheer, you go, yeah, oh, that was so awesome. Not a soul. Not a soul clap. No one was happy that Cameron won. The only person that would have been in the past was like Red, and yep. now that now he's playing, and he doesn't like him. So literally just dead silence deserved deserved dead silence he is he might be a decent player but he's a horrible horrible person so i he's a decent player i think that all i think every player there except for Suri is a bad player not gonna lie that's not a bad take it's not a bad take yeah, we'll talk about, you know, I find that these episodes are like, there's a competition, someone has a plan, Suri finds out about the plan, Suri changes the plan. Or, you know, like, it's it, that's been the formula these past couple of weeks with Big Brother. You gotta, so, run, it, you gotta run it by the godmother. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Uh, Suri voted so, me out, I still trust her. <laughs> trust her with my life. <laughs> we're we're gonna fall down a rabbit hole if we talk about that anymore because it's no. i i think of that and it just absolutely bugs me and we're gonna get back <laughs> into it because jag is about to be told he's a pawn so everyone knows that cameron is uh going to use the power of veto on himself so everyone's kind of strategizing um felicia is now targeting red but then like america walks in and everyone who Felicia was talking to, I think it was the the usual bunch, um, goes silent. And America's like, uh-oh, I know what that means. And Felicia says, you're probably going on the block to America. Was this too much? From Felicia, no. For everyone else, yes. I think, I think of 
everyone, I think Felicia was the best person to say that because it makes America really upset towards Jared, understandably so. And this actually leads to my favorite DR segment of the entire season where it's five seconds long. America was just like, Jared, I didn't throw. You lasted an hour when the light turned off. You know, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. What we are literally all saying right now, literally what we're saying, America is like, yeah, so you lasted an hour. Right. And I'm the one throwing right. competitions. I wish right. we had the audio cue, but you're right. America's like, um, I lasted 14 hours. You lasted until the lights went off. Oh, so good. And you know what? It, it, it scratches that like old season Big Brother itch just by that one confessional alone. I don't know what it is about it, but I just think, you know, she's upset. You know, she's upset with Jared and understandably so. But let's jump to that conversation because America finds this out from Felicia. She's not okay with it. She goes to talk to Jared. This is where this all happens. America stands up for herself. And then Jared starts like just just really talking down to her about how the game should be played and that's where we get the confessional and then uh i mean jared says he admits to her that she will be going after uh izzy and felicia he leaves Suri's name off of it and she denies it but jared's not convinced because Corey told him this was the most infuriating part of the episode for me because one why is Jared schooling anyone on how to play Big Brother? Homie doesn't even know what the show is. He probably doesn't even know who won the last season. Let but alone, well, he he's blossomed into oh. a wonderful player. Like get out, get out of here! Awesome. <laughs> get out. Oh, my 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 sweet baby boy Jared. But then it's like, and then but then like America's put in this corner that she doesn't know, even though she's in, and she can't get out because of what Corey said. <sighs> Even though, like, Corey didn't have, like, the worst intentions in mind, it is – I I gave up. I think I texted y'all. I'm like, guys, I hate this episode. <laughs> I hate yeah. editing. It, it's bad. It is. I hate it. I have no comments. I love it. <laughs> I, I have no words to pontificate on Pontific. what just catastrophe is I – mean, okay, I guess I could talk about it. I mean, like – America is, we're literally seeing her become the freedom fighter. Like last episode, it started to develop. Uh, and this episode, I think it came with full force because she is literally the person alone in the house. She has Corey. But does she really have Corey? <laughs> like she literally just. Apparently not. Yeah, apparently not. No, not really. Um, yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all rooting for. We're all rooting for America. We want to see a shakeup. We want to see something happen. Uh, and we're always like, America's got to win this HOH to really see something happen this season. As Big Brother goes, that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I guess if, if anything, Jared heard that America had said she would put up Suri. He's acting on that before she is able to do that so there's there's that element to it um listen america has made game mistakes i don't think you know i don't think any of us are going to deny that but it is infuriating that it seems like what's been really tripping her up it are the people who she is kind of forced to work with at this point um even though they 
are all under the assumption that they have some sort of great relationship with the powers that be in the house um, that are gonna bring them to the end. So it's, it's really hard to watch, but then we get the Red and Cameron breakup. They're just two bros chilling in a hot tub. And um, yep, exactly. And uh, they, they say they, they gotta part ways. They have to, they have to do it. I'd like, I've been wanting to talk about this for a little bit because um, this was the best play Red could have made at the time. In my opinion, it was literally the best thing Red could have done. Cameron is the house target and Red was by proxy the target because of his connection to Cameron. When you split up with the house target and you make that clear, things are going to start to look up for you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, was it intentional that uh, that was their exact game plan? That was exactly how they were going to go? Absolutely not. Like, it was genuine. They were – they're done. The chillers are put on ice, um, as it is so said. How poetic. Um, how poetic. But, you know, I don't think we've – I don't think we've really seen that kind of strategy happen before where it's a public breakup breakup when they actually still work together you know that is a very risky strategy but that is a damn good strategy if it works a really good strategy especially if it's in a two-sided house a very clear double-sided house you have a public breakup between two of the people one person stays on one side the other goes to the other side and so instead of having this breakup um, where it's bad for both of you, it's great because now your earpieces for both sides of the house and can still meet and relay with each other. However, the chillers didn't really think too far. They're just no, upset. Because it's it's Red. And again, Red is like another one of those players who has no idea what Big Brother is. He just wants his paycheck. And we haven't really had like two people playing both sides of the house since honestly Danielle and Jason guy. And the, the thing with that, it was very deliberate, right? And they didn't have a breakup. They were just two people that didn't really go together who meshed and just happened to be on opposite side of the, of the house, right? And not just that, but don't forget, we're talking about modern Big Brother where there is no two sides. It's always just 20 people against one person. And then that person gets voted out because it's one against 20. And then it's 19 versus the other person. And then so on and so forth, right? Like the fact that we're looking at a side warfare right now where it's Bowie, Jane, Red, Cameron, and America versus Sari Field of all people. Like you want to root for the underdogs, but you you also know that they're underdogs because they kind of suck. Also, out of that group, only one of them knows that they're not really with Sari. I feel like the other three, being Cameron, Red, and Bowie Jane, feel that they have some part of, they are a part of something involved with Sari's gameplay. So you're right. Red tells Sari, Felicia, and Izzy, him and Cameron are through. And this gives Sari the idea that maybe it's best that we save Red this week so she starts working (laughs) she starts uh you know working with bowie jane and some of the other people in the room about who's the best person to sit next to red so that they go instead of red and bowie jane says 
oh, you know, America is a strong competitor. And then someone brings up Jag and Bowie Jane goes, oh, Jag's a strong competitor. Um, so this was fun. So then Sari decides that she's going to target Jag because Jag did come back from a vote out, a unanimous vote out of the house. And she also knows that Jag may not trust her anymore because she and Jared exchanged notes that Jared later went to Jag about, and it caused this whole thing to begin with. So Jag is Ceri's target. How are we feeling? All I, all I want to say, all I want to hear from Julie on Thursday night is Jag, by a vote of 20 to zero, you have been evicted from the Big Brother house. Be I want to hear that because I'm, this is bringing back to the probably the first or second point I brought up in this um, in the stream. Jag sucks. He, does. he is a horrible big brother player. Greatest person in the house, I'd say. Yeah, he's great personality, but a, the game is unfortunate. He is so absolutely dog at the game that it's laughable and it's sad. This man doesn't know how to truly connect with people um, on a game level. He doesn't know how to get in with the power structure. He doesn't know what the power structure is after a day of figuring out what the power structure is. Like, I, I don't know how you can be. I, I don't understand. How do big? How does Big Brother, right? How does Big Brother cast these players that are recruits and watch these seasons of the game uh, in um, quarantine or you know whatever, what? and they go, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm understanding the game. I'm trying to figure it out. I think I got a good idea of how to play the game. Um, and then, like, you get things like this. Yeah, you get you get things like this. And I don't even, I don't even think Jack's a recruit, isn't he? I don't think he's a recruit. I think he's a fan. Like, how as a fan of Big Brother can you play this horribly? How? I don't. Thing is though. I don't think you really need to be a super fan or a recruit or a fan. You only you don't even know need to know how the show works in order for you to be a good player in my eyes. You just need one attribute. You just need to be competitive. You just want to have that desire. You just want to have that one to play drive. the game. Try yeah, you want it to drive. You have to try your best, right? And like yeah. I like when they have recruits because they come up with interesting strategies. They come at a different approach, right? Because you have these super fans who want to replicate Derek's and Will's and Dan's style of gameplay. And then you have someone else who's like, hey, why don't we do this instead? And that could be very successful. I want that. You know, I want people to be competitive. I want there to be fights and arguments. I want people to think there's something on the line much more than your five minutes of fame on reality TV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'll say. I think I'm in agreement. Jag is not great at this game. And we've seen this, and it's unfortunate because I really, really was excited to see him on the show. I was so excited because his diary rooms, like we were saying, had such great personality. Um, he had drive in those. And I, it, it, it makes me sad. But what I will say is that I think Jag is a great example of seeing a player who is a fan, but realize how actually how difficult it is to play the game. Like we said before, Jag has not identified his strategy to its fullest. And I feel like after he leaves the house, he will be able to look back. I honestly think that Jag could be a better player the second time because I think he will feel 
he won't he probably won't get that opportunity. Joe grant him that. Listen, I I feel like he can reflect on this experience after he's done, rewatch it, see the feeds. I feel like he will identify where he messed up. No. You you don't think he'll see it? I I hope so. Honestly. I I I hate to sound cliche, but people who are overly nice, I don't think are inherently like the greatest big brother contestants. I think you have to get lucky in order to play a very heroic game and 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 win the game you like the, the stars need to align you need to be able to backstab people and to remove emotions from your strategy you don't have to be over the top you don't have to be rude to people while you do it Sari is a prime example she's the nicest person personality wise but cutthroat gameplay huge villain by gameplay you need to be able to separate that and yeah. when you're too nice and too open with people's emotions and not enough with their strategy, then you're afraid to cut people loose and afraid to upset and hurt people's feelings. Right. And that leads to it, more- it, it really has to come down to your competitive nature as a human being. I mean, you yeah. are competing on a show for a life changing prize. Put that through your head and recognize that if you don't gun for this money, you're not going to get the money. And I think a lot of people want to come on the show and be like, oh, it's a great summer vacation. And hey, if I play well enough and I make it far enough, I can get some really good money out of it. Play the game. You have to play the game in some facet that works that you stay. And Jag failed once at that and will probably fail twice at that. He, he failed twice. He was voted out. This is his second chance, Matthew. So you're asking Jag yep. to come back for a third time. Well, he didn't get to see the footage, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, think yeah, yeah whatever. He was yeah, told the footage. He was told by America that everyone was voting him out, and he shouldn't trust them. What yeah, he truly has That's no excuses. Jag is being swept up in the wave when there are some people boogie boarding and Suri is surfing. So Jag needs to start surfing that wave, and it. It's not, let's see if he has another chance. So Jag, the seven deadly sins are all talking in the HOH room. Um, that's Blue, Matt, Jared, Sari, Felicia, and Izzy. I had to do initials because I couldn't write everyone's name as fast as possible. So correct me if I'm wrong about any of them. But um, Izzy says that uh, they they should scare America. Yeah, let's 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 put America up and scare her, but then really send. Uh, red home or and and jag is like no you know what we could send america home i'm fine with that i'm cool with that i was like whoa what a what a betrayal that sounds like and then blue is actually like hey jag you know what would be like really probably good for all of us if you were a pawn and suri is like ah my my future daughter-in-law is a strategist she didn't actually say that, but like I, I felt that kind of reverberating through my skull. Like, wow. I think that's what the editors is, were going for. My son is the HOH and he's blossoming as a player. My daughter-in-law is also blossoming. This is the greatest day of my life, and I'm gonna be my, a happy grandmother soon. My, my and we're all happy. Up crying over Cameron. Aww. Yeah, uh I think at this point, this has really become the field's house. Um, and there are a lot of Fields children, uh, and there are some children that didn't get a lot of love at Christmas, didn't get a lot of love for family vacations, and so they're not close to uh, mom anymore. They don't really like mom. 
Uh, mom isn't really treating them right. Uh, and so they rebel and they don't really like mom. Uh, but that doesn't work because mom knows best and mom will school all of you. Yep. Well, then we have the veto meeting and obviously Cameron uses the power of veto on himself and Jared has to name a replacement. It's between Jag and America and Jag is named as the replacement. All right. Let's go into some live feed stuff. Again, I haven't seen many of them. And also, if you're watching and you want to just avoid it, um, no issue at all. Feel free to join us after the fact. What's going on in the house? Who's the target right now? From what I've heard, Red is the target right now. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's it's changed. It was originally Jag, I think, on uh, like Monday and maybe early Tuesday. But it's now gone back to Red because that idea... I think of Cameron and him potentially getting back together. Um, and also just the fact that red is just kind of like, they've already outlined him as a target, um, things like that. It would be really funny to see Jag go home again, 10 to zero. Um, but yeah. This isn't, I, a, okay. sorry, real quick. This isn't a live feed. Thing, but I'm bringing back the Will Quest crackpot theories. Oh boy, this is gonna be a long shot, but I something tells me that Jared has no chance to win Big Brother 25. I think that's not crackpot at all. It's not crackpot, but from what I've heard from from my family that watches Big Brother and people I've talked to, it's like Jared will make it to the final two. And then if Ceres and Jury, then she's going to, you know, have people vote for her son. But, like, Jared, I think, stands less of a chance to win the game than Bowie Jane. I think if Jared and Bowie Jane went to the final two together, I think Bowie Jane has a better shot to win. Honestly. And then the conspiracy would have been proven. The Listen. conspiracy, the crackpot theory? That's, that's the real crackpot theory. Truly it is. And I will say, I also had that thought throughout these last couple of weeks for some reason with the way the um the edits are yeah. obviously i think the producers wants to see jared and sari do well in the game for viewers and everything like that um i could see jared end up in the final two i could it's it's it we'll see how it happens if it happens I, I'd love to know moving into next week after tomorrow's live eviction. Make sure you join Jack and Will to discuss that after the fact. I, I'm really eager to see who the target ends up being next week because it's either going to be America or it's going to be someone completely different. My opinion, it'll still be Cameron. I think Cameron... I forgot like, he was there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, far and away, I think Cameron is the biggest... Uh, threat to everybody in the house because not only is he against them but he's also now won two competitions um not only just the one where you literally stand on a button that's will and determination but you win a comp that requires speed and dexterity so he does have some competition skill and you know? yes the strategic game he was able to cut a deal and make america throw the challenge with the powers of his mind and words in english li linguistics oh yeah, that happened too. Wait, is yeah. it safe yeah. to assume though that if America and Cameron don't win HOH, that someone else, that it's very likely that they will be the first two on the block? Yep. 
Probably. It's uh, one of that four of America, Cameron, Bowie, Jane, or Jack at this point. And I think at this point, Bowie, Jane is the least likely to go out of all of them. I think America is the biggest move out of all of them. I think Cameron is the most logical play. And I think right. Jag is like the backup. Like if we need to get rid of Jag, we get rid of Jag. Yeah. If yeah. Jag survives this week. Yes. I think the most important goal for everybody at this point is to get out Cameron now. Nobody wants to be with him in jury. Nobody wants to live in that jury house with him, like at all. He's creepy and he is very, very rude sometimes. Um, no one wants to live in that jury house with him. I don't blame them. Um, so they're trying to get him out next week. And if I they will, don't, I will say if yes. Cameron makes jury and is juror number one, that is really good motivation for everyone the week right after Cameron goes to jury to gun for HOH, gun for veto, so they don't have to be literally never go to the jury house, play hard, make sure you don't go home. I will say, I feel like I think it makes sense though if America wins HOH to not vote for Cam. I know Cameron America, I know Cameron sucks as a person, right? We all can agree, right? And so, I'm not saying that. America has to work with Cameron because I understand why if she wouldn't want to because I don't want to work with the shitty people. Pardon my French. But I think a logical move for America, honestly, is to vote and nominate Izzy and Serene Felicia because she has nothing else to lose. By nominating Cameron, she's doing herself no... She's not going to strengthen her bond with Sari by voting out Cameron because that bond's not going to be there. Sari's not going to pick America... For her doing that over her son, for over Blue, or Izzy, or Felicia. So I think that is the logical move. And same with Cameron, honestly. Yeah. Well, you've heard our take on tonight's episode and what we think is going to happen in the future, but we want to hear from you. So in the comments, go ahead and let us know how you like this episode, who you think is going home tomorrow, and who you would want to win HOH Week 6. All right, everyone. See you later.